0: It's just like we know what a basketball coach does. They're training their team, they're holding them accountable to their goals, they're helping them learn the playbook for winning games. They're with them through the entire season, not just in the championship game. A book coach does the same thing. We're we're in the process with the writer. What that means is that we're not just helping with the writing, we're helping with the writer. We're helping with their mindset and their doubts and their frustrations and their goals. And what your podcast is about is people who are serious about seeking agents and book deals at traditional publishers. It takes a lot to achieve that. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. And like you said, it's usually much more than the writer has imagined that they have to do. So working with a coach earlier in the process allows people to be intentional about that serious goal and say, okay, I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to do what I need to do to give it my best shot.
1: Hey there, welcome to Lint Match, a podcast made to help writers find the best literary agent and business partner for their writing career. Thank you so much for being here with me week after week as we talk to literary agents, editors, writers, and today an especially exciting episode as we talk to a book coach, and not just any book coach, but the founder of Author Accelerator and a leading book coach in this industry. I'm Abigail Perry, the host of LitMatch and a certified developmental editor who has also worked as an editorial intern at a literary agency. As I mentioned, I'm so excited to bring to you today's guest, She really brings such innovative and supportive work to writers, as well as spreading that knowledge to other book coaches. Her name is Jenny Nash, and she is an evangelist for book coaching, which gives writers one-to-one support so they can write books worth reading. Jenny is the creator of the Book Coach Certification Program at Author Accelerator and has trained more than 100 book coaches. She is also the author of several books from fiction like The Last Beach Bungalow to nonfiction, including Read Books All Day and Get Paid for It, Blueprint for a Book, and her latest book, Blueprint for a Nonfiction Book. Learn all about Jenny and Author Accelerator in the Book Coach Certification Program on her websites www.jennynash.com and authoraccelerator.com, both links, which I'll include in the show notes. Thanks, Jenny, so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you and
0: talk about book coaching. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: Before we get into the podcast, I'd love to get a little bit more about your background. Can you tell us about what is a book coach? How did you get into book coaching?
0: Yeah, it's the first question a lot of people have. They've never heard of a book coach or they've only just begun to hear about book coaching. And it is a thing that has emerged with the changes in the publishing industry where so much of the burden is falling on the writer to get their work into publishable shape, to know when it's ready, to have the nurturing and support before they even get to the publisher. Whereas it used to be that you could count on it happening at the publisher, and that no longer happens. So book coaches have entered into that gap that opened up with the the squeeze on publishers. I got into book coaching by accident, I was a mid-list, solid mid list writer, which, when you are not there yet, is the place you would love to be because you just want to be in the system. You want the agent, you want the book deal, you want all of that. But when you're the mid list writer, it becomes a bit of purgatory because you want to be the top of the list. You want to be making a living, making a career as a writer, and you can kind of get stuck in the middle, which is what happened to me. I was stuck in the middle. And I was doing what so many writers do, which is I was teaching to supplement my income. I was teaching at the UCLA Writers Program, which is one of the largest adult education writers programs in the country. And I had a very market-focused way of looking at writing. I was particularly focused on helping memoir writers. And it's so hard for a memoir to get agents and get book deals. You have to really understand the market. You have to really understand the universality of your story. And that was my stance that I was teaching from. And one of my colleagues at UCLA who was working on the fiction side, who was a story analyst for an agent, asked if I would help her write a book about her theories and methods and to start from zero. It was an incredible opportunity. I had been very frustrated as a writing instructor. It's terribly frustrating because you can't really give the students the attention that they want and need. You don't have enough time to really put your eyes on their words. It's the same problem I was just describing with publishers. The instructors don't have time to to give you what you need. And I had been itching for her a different way. And here was somebody inviting me to do this different way with her. So I began to work with her and I developed systems and processes for keeping her accountable, for helping her get her, her idea on the page, for making sure that that finished draft was ready to go out. That writer was Lisa Cron, the author of Wired for Story and Story Genius. She ended up getting a two book deal at Random House, their division 10 speed. And my book coaching career just took off after that. My next two clients also got big five book deals. And all of a sudden I realized that I was better at helping other people do this than I was at doing it my own self. So I switched over to to being a book coach. I love that you are coming
1: from a writing background, first of all. You know, I think that's great because I think that if you've actually been in the groundwork with writing and been in the the process of publishing your own books. You have a personal thing that you're bringing to the table when you're walking people through that process. What's great with these systems is that you have started to figure out a process that works for most people, or does that process get differentiated depending on who you're working with?
0: Yes, I've been book coaching now for more than twelve years, and I started Author Accelerator about eight and a half years ago to teach other people the systems and processes that I had honed working with writers. And I truly believe that there are patterns in the creative process that we all have to go through. Mm -hmm. I think we get in a lot of trouble in the writing world when we think of each writer as so completely unique and special, which is kind of a crazy thing to say. (laughs) Like you're not unique and special, but there are things that have to happen. There are things that have to go through. There are measurements that are obvious for when something is working or not. And the processes and systems I have developed walk people through these steps. And your question, you know, is everyone different? Yes, of course, everyone is different. And the way they approach these steps and processes is different, but they all have to go through them. So there's a way of standardizing how you look at what for the writer can feel like total chaos, right? But for the, for the book coach who leads somebody through this all the time, it's like, oh, here we are doing this same thing that every writer goes through, or here we are at this crossroads. I've been here as a book coach a hundred times. And, you know, it's the first time the writer's been there, but I can bring a and an understanding to that process, because I know this is just how it unfolds. This is how it goes. This is part of the deal of being a writer.
1: You learn how to be great at something through teaching a lot of the time, right? When you teach someone, you have to slow down and really understand steps that might help someone break down this process. There's so much benefit to that coming from UCLA, even if it wasn't the time restrictions became frustrating and were not ideal for what you could do with a book coach there's still so much to learn in that process. And now you're being able to take all that knowledge and really help someone without limitations.
0: And book coaching is an inherently inefficient process. It's Mm -hmm. working one-on-one with somebody. It's doing exactly what that writer needs to perform their best and do their best work. It's helping them rise up. And it's inefficient because it's just you and them. And I think it's just, Absolutely, the best way to learn how to write and to produce your best writing. I'm convinced of that. Of course, the institutions of learning are not in the business of being efficient. They can't do that. There's nothing wrong with a writing program that focuses on craft, which is what most writing programs do. You have to learn craft. that you know there's skills that you need, and you can put in your toolkit as a writer. Whether that's, oh, I've got to learn how to write a scene or write dialogue or understand you know, narrative design or emotional payoff, what a show don't tell really mean. All these craft things, you they're not bad. You have to have them, but it's not the best way to learn how to write a book.
1: Right. That's a great point in the sense that writers sometimes don't know what they actually need. It's like writers want something, they want to learn craft, but what they need if you're going to publish and make it more of a career is so much more than that. They need to handle what every writer doesn't really want to have to work with, but the marketing side of things becomes a big part of it in addition to it. So I love the word coach because coaching is going to cover a lot of ground for what you're going to be able to do with authors. Do you find that in your process as you're helping people, where do you think a book coach comes in? When is the best time for someone to be thinking about when a book coach would benefit them versus an editor? Or do you see book coaching and editing as the same thing?
0: I do not. There's a big difference. So an editor comes in usually when the work is finished. It's like, here's my manuscript, make it as good as it can be. And anybody who's ever been edited, including me, usually loves the process because you have somebody who's paying close attention to your words, who's immersing themselves in your story, it's a fantastic undertaking to be edited. But I believe that it's often too late. Once you've got something on the page that firmly, it's really difficult to let go of it, especially if you need to revisit a fundamental aspect of that work. And to have somebody come in and I talk about like a deck of cards, like throw that deck of cards up in the air and now it's scattered all over the floor. And you have to pick it up again. A lot of writers don't have the energy and motivation to do that. So they're naturally looking to protect what they've already written. And an editor, I think often comes with that same bias. Like the writer's already done all this work. Here it is on the page. Okay. I'm going to suggest maybe moving a few things around, or, you know, maybe I'll suggest something big like a POV change or what have you, but they're not likely to give the honest truth about that work, which in many cases is you need to start all over again, or you baked in a a fatal flaw that we need to fix. And so in my estimation, a better time to seek help is much earlier in the process. And what a book coach is going to do is be with you throughout the process. So instead of waiting till the end, you're moving forward in your development process with somebody by your side. And that word coach, you're right. It's just like we know what a basketball coach does. They're training their team. They're holding them accountable to their goals. They're helping them learn the playbook for winning games. They're with them through the entire season, not just in the championship game a book coach does the same thing We're we're in the process with the writer. What that means is that we're not just helping with the writing, we're helping with the writer. We're helping with their mindset and their doubts and their frustrations and their goals. And what your podcast is about is people who are serious about seeking agents and book deals at traditional publishers. It takes a lot to achieve that. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. And Like you said, it's usually much more than the writer has imagined that they have to do. So working with a coach earlier in the process allows people to be intentional about that serious goal and say, "Okay, I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to do what I need to do to give it my best shot. And right from the beginning, I'll give an example. When I work with somebody from zero, so they have an idea for a book, it could be fiction, memoir, nonfiction, it doesn't matter. The first thing I do is walk them through 14 fundamental questions about what they're doing. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's it's everything from, why are you doing this? What do you want out of it? What's your goal? What is your hope and intention for doing this work? And and then it's going to be, who is your reader what is a marketplace for this type of book? What's the best way to think about approaching that marketplace? That doesn't mean write to the market. It means understand the market you want to be part of. Think about how are books bought and sold in this realm? What are agents looking for? What's happening in the publishing world around these ideas? Know what your risks are and get that fundamental aspect of the book down on the page before you start to write. So Mm -hmm. in a perfect world, I would say every writer would work with a book coach before they start to write on those 14 steps and they will save themselves so much frustration and agony and overwhelm if they were to do that. So that's always my answer. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, that the process we normally think of is I'm going to spend a year or more writing this thing and then I'm going to take it to somebody and see how it holds up. You
1: brought up the question of why. And that is so important, in my opinion, for writers to ask themselves. And it's also the question that I think when writers do multiple drafts with edits and take feedback, decide when they're going to take feedback, that they can return to, why did I start this book? Why this book? So that question of why and knowing that question beforehand, do you find that a lot of writers don't ask that question before you're working with them? And
0: how do you help them start to figure that out? Most people don't ask that. And I know why. (laughs) It's because it protects you. If you don't ask yourself why, you can hold on to this myth, which is a very strong myth in most writers, that you're so talented that you're going to do this thing really quickly, be discovered without any effort, be sort of blessed in the way, you know, we hear writers being blessed. meaning they got a seven-figure deal and they have this massive marketing plan behind them and all these people have picked them and chosen them and lifted them up Mm -hmm. that's what we all sort of want because that means we are not putting our heart on the line right it means if you know you do it so fast and you sort of close your eyes and get plucked out of the out of the crowd it, it doesn't mean that you have to say i want this i'm going to sacrifice to get this the thing about writing a book you can't do it in secret and then just unleash it on the world your family's going to know you're doing this your friends are going to know you're doing this because it takes so long and it it does right and it takes getting up early or not going to lunch with your friends Mm -hmm. or it's a very public endeavor even though we do it in private so the, the kind of why that I look for when I'm talking to writers, it's got two parts to it. One part is what do you want on the outside externally? Do you want to make a lot of money? Is this a career you're trying to launch? Is it a book that you just want to see in the world because for your ego, which is fine, but like to know that, or are you looking for critical acclaim? If it's a nonfiction book, are you looking to become a thought leader? Do you want to be a speaker? Do you want to enhance your business with this book? Those external reasons, really knowing what's driving you, what you want, what your motivation is. But then also to ask the other question, which is why are you doing this internally? Right. And that often has to do with things like jealousy or envy or rage. A lot of people trying to Proved systemic problems in the world, you know, are coming from a place of rage and anger or wanting to prove, I mean, this is me (laughs) wanting to prove to a parent who didn't believe in you that you could do it. Those things are really powerful. And if you can name them and understand where they're coming from, you can use them. You can lean on them. You can leverage them. And I think there's something about being honest with yourself why am I doing this? What do I really want? Instead of that sort of flip, like, oh, Reese Witherspoon is going to pick my book for her book club and they're going to make it into a movie and I'm going to be a star and I'm going to leave my day job. Okay. Do you actually really want that? Because if you actually really want that, there's things that you should probably be doing. Right. And there's things you could be thinking about. And there's ways to maximize your odds. There, when a book coach is going to do is say, do you understand how low the odds are? You know, are you clear? what kind of a risk you're taking here. And just even that is, is helpful to not go in with your eyes closed. And that's what makes me so crazy about the entire kind of writing industrial complex. It's based on this. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that I get picked. And well, no, you're going to do a whole bunch of hard work. You're going to take risks. You're going to invest in this. You're going to put yourself on the line. You're going to risk being rejected. Those are just all realities of it. And I far prefer working with people who are honest about that Mm -hmm. than people who are pretending because the pretending leads to all kinds of bad behavior. And
1: eventually giving up. When people don't fall in love with the process of writing, naturally it's just going to become too much work. And that work won't have the joy that you wanted it to have going into it. you know. When I used to teach, I taught creative writing, and I would laugh at myself because my bachelor's degree is in film. So I spent a lot of time in film before going into publishing. And in the film world, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily the film world or me just being an amateur writer, but I wanted to go into writing and I just was so protective of my ideas. Like, oh, I don't want to ever talk about my ideas because if I talk about them, someone's going to steal them. And that's going to be it. And there's like so much wrong with that thought process. One, right. because no one can really make the story your story other than you, because there are really no original stories in the world. We have to make them unique based on, like you said, storytelling is about patterns in some way, right? If you're going to sell something to publishing, you need comps, you want there to be comps. And then the other side of that is that t- there's just so much work. You know, Ernest Hemingway, I think, did the iceberg theory with the t- above the iceberg and below the iceberg. The book is below the iceberg. There's a lot that goes into a book. But I went to a writer's conference in 2015. And like the first thing that they told you before coaching was, do not be afraid to share your ideas because that just screams red flag to literary agents. And as soon as I let myself do that, you dig so much deeper because talking about your ideas actually gives opportunity for you to expand them and make them more marketable. So thinking about that line with book coaching specifically, I've heard agents before say that writers don't necessarily need an editor in order to get a literary agent. Do you think that a book coach, because you do see it as different than an editor, can service a writer in a more likelihood that they're going to get a literary agent?
0: I mean, I absolutely think yes. I am at a point in my career where the vast majority of the people that I help get agents. I just have a very good record and That's because I have a very good process. I've been doing it for a long time. And I'm just, it's always shocking how far the writers have to go from where they start to where they end up. So it's knowing what the agents are looking for. I mean, people are always so surprised when they hear how little time an agent spends evaluating a query or a manuscript or a proposal. Mm -hmm. they spend very, very little time. And that's because they know what to look for. They know what, you know, talk about pattern recognition. That's what agents excel at. And they can very quickly identify where the holes are, what's wrong, where this manuscript falls off a cliff, what the problems with the proposal are. And my job as a book coach is to think like that before it even gets to the agent. So it's like, okay, we know what the risks are here in this manuscript. We know what we have to look out for. We know we, we have to, how to hedge your bets. So I'm bringing that to the table even before it gets to the agent. And just the vast changes that are always happening in the industry, that just things are moving so fast and changing so fast and trends and this and that. And I scramble to keep up with it and it's I'm immersed in it all day long. So mm-hmm. a writer who is not immersed in it all day long has kind of no hope of knowing how the process works or what to bring to the table. I'm helping the writer prepared to enter the marketplace and to know what to ask an agent, to know what to look for, to know what a good match is when they're presented with one, to navigate the whole path to publishing there's always exceptions to everything. Of course, you can get an agent without having help. And, you know, it sort of just depends on how much work do you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that working with a professional like a book coach allows you to cut the line, so to speak. If instead of doing the research your own self, you want somebody to just bring it to you. This is what you're going to do. This is how it's going to work. This is not ready yet. This is research you need, you know, that sort of thing. If you would rather do that on your own, do it. It's going to be a cost-benefit analysis of time versus money. That's really what it comes down to. Right. Working with a book coach is an investment and you there's no guarantee. No book coach is going to say, I guarantee that you will get an agent in a book deal. They That would be dishonest. They can't do that. You're paying money to give yourself the best shot. And that's why I say that it's a cost-benefit analysis of your time versus money. If you have time and you can do the research and you can try to understand the process. I mean, we live in a time, my goodness, you just Google, like on the nonfiction side, what goes in a book proposal? What's the order? What's the purpose of each of those sections? What does a good one look like? You can find all that. Easy. Right. Like, right, it's out there. And if you're the kind of person that can reverse engineer and figure that out and dig into all the agent databases and find the best ones for you. Do it. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. That's kind of how I think about it is, is a book coach is going to cost you money and save you time.
1: The way I think about it as you were talking is if you were to hire a trainer to help you get physically fit versus just try to go into it yourself. And people are going to come in with different backgrounds. So some might have advantages versus others might not. But ultimately there are professionals who know this. And like you said, you're immersed in the publishing world all day long and the industry is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. How do you keep up with the industry? Are there any resources that you make sure that you're always on top of?
0: I mean, I read all the things that are the known things to read. I read Jane Friedman's hot sheet um, newsletter, which is just a deep dive on different issues in the publishing landscape. PW, Publishers Weekly, Shelf Awareness Newsletter. Twitter is an amazing place to get publishing news. A lot of agents are on Twitter and just being out there with your antenna up. And then I have a huge advantage in that I'm leading a community of book coaches. We have at Author Accelerator more than 100 certified book coaches and we have ongoing education and training among ourselves. And so we're often pooling our knowledge, sharing what we know. People will often in our community say things like, does anybody see this happening? Even just something simple as, does everybody see that the response time from agents has really slowed in recent months? Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, that's what we're experiencing. And instead of you as a coach thinking something's wrong with my process or your writer thinking something's wrong with them, you can just tap into this body of knowledge and learn, oh, everyone's experiencing this right now. Here's, you know, somebody wrote an article, somebody wrote a blog post, somebody wrote a thing. And so it's kind of hive mind is the way that I mostly keep on top of it now.
1: That's just smart, you know, building that community and helping you help each other. That's something that I've always really loved about publishing. I do believe publishing is a unique industry and that People are constantly looking to lift each other up. And the second we stop looking at each other as competition and start looking at each other as ways that we can help each other, greater stories get published. So that's great that you're tapping into that and that hive mind. And a lot of that is credit to you because you've built this amazing community <laughs> through Author Accelerator. So I'd love to learn more about what is Author Accelerator and how can writers find you and how can book coaches find you?
0: When I said earlier that I accidentally became a book coach, the the second accident was that I accidentally built a book coaching community. Um, I started Author Accelerator to train other book coaches in the systems and processes that I was using. And our company has pivoted several times over the years, but we currently train and certify book coaches and we have a very rigorous program we're trying to set a very high standard for this industry so that because there's a lot of people that take advantage of writers it's just par for the course in a industry where people bring so much heart and desire and dreams to it that it's easy to over promise and writers who don't know will jump on those promises because it seems so good and we stand firmly on the side that Writing is hard. It's going to take a long time. There are no guarantees. <laughs> There's no promises. That's what we're trying to stand for: is is integrity in the business. And when I started the book coach training program, I didn't, I never thought ahead to what it would be like to have a hundred certified coaches. It just didn't occur to me. And here we are at that place, a community that we've built. Is probably the best part of the whole thing. When you said, "I do think it's unique that people want to lift up writers and they want to lift each other up," and there is a, I think, when people start in our program, there often is a sense. Uh, this always just makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a hundred certified coaches. Is there, are there, is there room for any more? You know, aren't are you? Aren't there? Are there enough writers and? It's just like, what? <laughs> you know, like, what is it? 82% of American adults say they want to write a book, I think. Yeah. yeah. And and yes, there's self-publishing that is available to to anybody today and can be a really good solution for a lot of different situations, but the mass majority of people still are wanting an agent and a traditional publishing deal and wanting to get there. So You asked about how writers can take advantage of what we're doing. We do match writers with our certified book coaches, and we do that by hand. And by that, I mean, there was a person, her name is Margaret, (laughs) and um, she gets to know the coaches and their specialties and not just broad, not just, oh, this person coaches in this genre, but we really urge our coaches to be very specific about. Where in the process they best love to coach? Do they best love to coach brand new ideas? Do they love to coach revision? Do they love to coach somebody who's coming up on the pitch and helping them know when to pitch and when they're ready? Are, do they like, I mean, we have people who have identified that they like writers who are writing in English as a second language about their own cultures. That's a particular thing they like. We have a coach who loves writers who identify as perfectionists, you know, coaches who specialize in. Writers who are writing fiction about social justice, Christian coaches, LGBTQ plus, just the whole gamut. So our matching is very specific to all of those things. We ask the writers to share a lot about their process, where they are, their goals, their project, and then we we match them with the coach and they, they can have a strategy call with that coach and decide if it's a good fit to move forward. We also have some very high touch programs for writers that are, we call incubators and those are intensive processes either for nonfiction or fiction that actually result in your pitching to a pool of agents. We have agreements with the agents and the agents do educational sessions with us and then we're in a position to actually pitch to those agents. And that's an incredible thing that we're building and an opportunity. It's something that I always wanted from the writing conferences. I always, you know, those speed dating things are brutal. They're so brutal. It's like you get pressure, right? Three minutes or five minutes or eight minutes or something. And, and you have to perform. It's a verbal pitch and you have to be on your game. People at the conferences put so much, the writers, so much hope and attention on that pitch that they're they're not even listening or learning or getting educated or, you know, it just becomes about the pitch. And I wanted to have a more humane process and uh, a process in which the agents would know that the pitches they see are vetted on the fiction side. Our program is six months of coaching on a revision working on all your pitch material and then pitching so that agents know these pitches are really viable. And then anybody who wants to become a book coach can also visit. It's all at authoraccelerator.com, both of those options for writers and and for coaches. I am a huge evangelist for this work. I love it. I think it's a win-win-win is what I always say. It's really good for the writer. It's a wonderful work for the the book coach. It's incredibly satisfying. A lot of people ask me if I'm ever going to go back to writing the way I was writing before. And and I can't imagine that I would because I, I just love this work. I find it really inspiring that, to work with writers who are so serious about what they're doing and about their approach. I just love it.
1: It sounds like it's very vocational for you. It's interesting that you said you didn't intend to go set out to be a book coach, but you've kind of found your calling and you're helping so many people find their calling and The writers, they're answering their calling by working with you and doing that. So it's very gratifying in a lot of ways. I also love that you talked about these incubators and how they are presenting an educational opportunity, because that's something with pitch slams. They're really beneficial because everyone needs to learn how to do a pitch, but there is a lot of pressure. It's a short time frame. And I think what a lot of writers actually miss out on in the pitch slam is that they don't need time for the agents to give feedback. And that's actually one of the biggest benefits of a Pitch Slam is being able to leave half the time, two minutes, whatever it's going to be to get some of that feedback. And it sounds like what you're providing is a more holistic environment that is offering that.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it's fascinating. Like We just are finishing our inaugural nonfiction incubator. And this is just a perfect example. One of our students received an offer of representation from one of the agents at the very same time that another one of the agents was coming back with a a long critique about what they thought was wrong with the proposal. So here's a perfect example that you would very rarely get side by side of somebody saying yes and somebody saying no, but giving evidence for why they were saying no. And it actually is incredibly useful because what the representing agent was proposing was a tweak to the proposal and the agent who said no was actually referencing that same element. Oh, so, that's great. you know, here's just like this incredible marketplace feedback that is truly impossible to get in any other context. We're really proud of what we offer. It is expensive, it is an investment. But again, the reason is because you get this very high touch support for an extended period of time so that when you go to pitch, you know, you're doing your best work. I'm really proud of it and excited for it and hope that it becomes a known thing in the publishing world.
1: Absolutely. I want to focus in on something that sometimes is tough for writers to talk about. And I like that you're using the word investment because I think it is important to talk about money because these are professionals You need to pay people for professional work. It's their job. A lot of people, I'm assuming they're self-employed. So you find that they're self-employed a lot of the times. So you're setting your own prices and things like that. And it's based on experience. But it's tricky when writers come into this, this realm of, I really want a book coach, but I don't know if I can afford one. And I wonder if you could just talk us through the money side a bit and where writers can start to view this as an investment and if it's the right investment for them.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to talk about money. I think it's really important to do so. So I'm going to divide it up between fiction and nonfiction because on the nonfiction side, most of the time people writing those books are business leaders or experts in some realm. They're entrepreneurs or they're executives or they're educators. And the book is part of a larger ecosystem. They probably have courses. They probably have consulting. They probably have speeches, or they're moving into having those things. And the book is a stepping stone to get there. Our incubators are $22,000. And that for somebody on the nonfiction side in that position is not a big investment for what the ROI, the return on that investment is likely to be. A lot of people say things to me like, oh, well, that's one consulting gig or one speaking gig. Uh, that's totally worth it to me, that that investment. So the the nonfiction side, it's easier to see where the money's going to come back. A lot of people don't often make the money on the book itself. I mean, you might get a six-figure advance, you might, or a high five-figure advance. Likely not if just depending on your platform and your reach and all that. So you, the book is not really the moneymaker. It's mm-hmm. how it allows you to be seen. It's often the moneymaker. maker. So on the nonfiction side, that equation, that money equation is a much easier one to to understand and an easier risk to take. On the fiction side, I think it's a really different story. The number of people who are making money on their fiction, the fiction doesn't often lead to those other things. It doesn't often lead to consulting or speaking. I mean, a middle grade writer or a YA writer might go into schools and have a a school-based career. Which they could have curriculum that they're offering along with it, or that sort of thing, so it can happen, or certainly writers of romance series are making a lot of money. There's certain kinds of fiction where the money is more likely, but the the sort of average debut novelist is probably not going to make money on their book, and you just have to be clear about that. I mentioned Jane Friedman before; I think she does a really excellent job of level setting this she has a book called the business of being a writer that's all about how do you actually make money how do you think about money you know how does the money flow and just to be really clear so that's part of the clarity about your goal if somebody comes and says I'm going to make a bunch of money and the book that I'm trying to write is this memoir about you know my marriage or my parenting or what have you I mean could you get lucky and hit the lottery and get a ton of money for that? Sure. But is that something you can count on? Probably not. And same is true with with the first book people write is usually a book that's been in their heart a really long time and they, they just want to do it. They want to do it well. They want to get it out there. They want a shot. But, you know, can you count on making money? No. So the investment on the fiction side is equivalent to what it is on the nonfiction side, but that guarantee is not there. And so the idea of investing, I mean, I ran a business. I am constantly investing in my business. I'm constantly taking bets that don't pay off. And I am constantly educating myself as well. I take courses all the time that I try to take courses that are Equivalent to what I'm charging because I want to know what it's like to pay that much money and what kind of return do you get? What does it feel like to be a student paying that much money? So business people are always investing in themselves and in their businesses. And why don't writers think this same way? Like if you had a product you're trying to bring to the world, I mean, I have a friend. It's kind of crazy story. Her husband, fisherman in Southern California, here, and they they have license to fish crab and lobster. And during the pandemic, it was crab season and they started marketing this crab claw. You would come to the dock and you would get this fresh fish and they run a sustainable fishery. She was marketing a product that was an actual tangible thing, right? And you had to come to this physical place to get it. Talking to her about her investment of marketing in She was taking a bunch of video. They were doing a lot of producing of recipes with cooks, like they were partnering with cooks and they were doing all those things. Huge investment and output of money to market that product. And it went really well and it sort of took off and went viral and became this foodie thing in L.A. You look at that from the outside and you think, oh, well, they just it's kind of the same thing we're talking about. Oh, they just got lucky. Or they just got discovered. It's like, well, no, they invested in making that happen. Why don't writers think that same way? You know, you're trying to produce a product and you want to be paid for that product by first a publisher and then readers. In what other universe does somebody enter a marketplace and not have to invest in their product, right? Right. That goes along with this thing of like, I will just come out of me and I will be discovered. And that will be. And it's like, yes, maybe that will happen to you. But odds are if you want these things, you have to be intentional about them. You're going to be spending a huge amount of time and like don't underestimate what that time costs you. The time costs you. So the investment of working with a book coach to get you where you need to be, again, has to be measured against that time and and you have to be like, whenever I'm working with somebody on the fiction memoir side in particular, I'm always clear. And I, I teach my coaches to be clear on this too. Like, don't do this if you can't lose this money. <laughs> right. 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 Because this, there is no guarantee here. We could go through this whole process and you could not get what you want. Are you clear about that? Are you okay about that? And that's why when I was speaking before, a book coach is working with the writer as well as the writing. Even with my writers who don't get what they want, obviously they're disappointed. But what I find is that the work changes you so much as a writer. It changes your professionalism. It changes the work that you do. People are usually so proud of what they have wrought, this thing that they have made. It's so different from where they started. It's so much more aligned with the vision they had in their head that they don't care so much about, oh, I didn't get that thing because they feel the change. They feel the transformation. They see that what they have is what they wanted. And OK, the world didn't go for it. Well, guess what? There's other ways of getting it out there. So that's what I hang on to. You're not paying someone to get an outcome because it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I appreciate
1: how honest you are. And I appreciate that you're mentoring other coaches in your program, to be honest, because you are doing the writer such a service because people come into this fourth passion. Like you said, nonfiction, there is usually a more likely kind of return on investment because of the other things like speaking and consulting. But fiction, it sometimes it just depends on the market, you know, what they're writing and things like that. So Sometimes books stick. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes books that are great books don't get published. And it's okay for things to be shelved. And again, like going back to the idea of falling in love with the process and how a book coach can help you fall in love with the process. But again, like also being realistic with yourself and asking yourself, are you okay? Because I would say it's necessarily losing money because I think that you're gaining educational opportunity. And if you're growing in something that you want to pursue as a career, and I think that's a big thing that I'm hearing is the difference between the two is Writers who want to write for a hottie, just because it's something that's fun for them versus writers who want to make this a career. Right. In any career, we are going to move forward with colleagues, right? That's right. When you're going to go to traditional publishing, Like you need a literary agent to, to traditionally publish your book. But finding the right literary agent for you is so important because you want that to be your career, you know? And of course, like agents change with writers and writers change agents and it happens. It's part of the business but it is a business. And I think that's a big thing is like you need to start taking yourself seriously, if you want to be a career author, and that comes with investments, that comes with taking risk on yourself. And I think you just always have to say, are you happy with what that investment would look like out of your growth and how you can move forward with that? You
0: mentioned falling in love with the process, which which I love. What I actually think happens with a book coach is you first develop a process. Most writers really don't have a, a system or a process. When you work with a coach, you learn a framework, you learn a system that you can then take away. And a perfect example of that is uh, my client KJ Delantonia, who was a New York Times editor and had written nonfiction books and wanted to turn to fiction. So she was switching genres. And a lot of book coaches, I mean, a lot of writers come to book coaches in that situation and. So she, um, she came to me to help with her first novel and she had a manuscript. It was a mess. We went back to those basic steps. I was talking about the 14 blueprint steps and we worked through it. And I mean, she actually did hit the lottery, which doesn't often happen. Mm -hmm. She was a New York Times bestseller. She was a Reese Witherspoon book club pick, you know, it was a massive success. Mm -hmm. Well, she's now writing her third novel. I helped her with the second. And by the time she got to the third, she's got her system, she's got her process, she's got her framework, she's got her agent and editor who dialed into what she does and how she writes now and her, you know, style and everything. And she doesn't need me anymore. So my job was to help her make that switch, to teach her a process for writing fiction and a process for revising fiction and evaluating fiction. And she obviously puts her own spin on it because that's what everybody does, and Makes it her own. That to me is a huge success story. Not just because of the metric of success that she hit, but she learned how to do it, and now she's doing it, and she doesn't need me anymore. And in fact, she came and went through Author Accelerator's book coach training program her own self, and just became certified her own. So that's exciting! Which is super cool. Yeah, right. So she can go out and help other people learn systems and processes as well. That's just a perfect explanation of how this works. It's not like, oh, you lean on someone and then you have to lean on them for the rest of your career, right? It's like, learn what you need to learn. You learn, you get to where you want to get. And she invested in that time, money, effort, energy. She didn't know that it was going to work as well as it worked. Nobody knows that when it was going on. And she hit the laundry that's that's not a thing you can count on no but right. you can count on now she's got the process i love that
1: yeah oh my gosh i love that so much especially since when you're thinking about the idea of you you know, you started from teaching a teacher's greatest hope or at least when i was teaching this was one of my greatest hopes was that you wouldn't need me eventually right Right. like if you've done your job you've taught them what they can do you've taught them the process so that eventually they can go do it on their own. And hopefully, like you said, and it sounds like she's doing it now, she passes that knowledge on, which is so beautiful. Isn't it great? And I I was going to have this, we're kind of nearing the end of the podcast and I do do a lightning three at the end. And I was going to throw this in lightning three, but you kind of answered it. So I'm just going to ask for confirmation. (laughs) Do book coaches work with writers after they've gotten an agent?
0: Oh yeah. Oftentimes the writer wants the same support. Maybe they want to move fast. I worked with a nonfiction writer who sold her book and they asked if she could have the full manuscript. She sold her book on proposal and they asked if she could have the full manuscript in eight weeks. And she said, sure. And she just kept working with me the same way we were. We did weekly deadlines and we kicked the manuscript out. And by the time it was done, it barely needed editing. And so that kind of thing happens often. It depends on how hands-on the agent is. Yeah. Some, there are some agents who are still quite hands-on in editorial and they will take over the project and move forward. There's others who, who won't. So I'll stay in the process or sometimes I'll work with, I've got a client right now. She has three books under contract with the same publisher and there's just a lot of wheels in motion. I will work with her editors where her editors will say, we want to see, you know, X, Y, and Z. And the writer will come to me and say, okay, here's what the editor says. We got to do that and I'll help her do that. And it's kind of a a circular thing. We do stick with some people past the agent and the editor. Some people never, never leave us, which is great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Hey, I mean, that works too, as long as you're benefiting from it. And that I think is a great way to lead into this lightning three. So at the end of every podcast, I do like to do a lightning three. I ask you a quick question. You're trying to answer in one sentence. My first question for you is you recently published Blueprint for a nonfiction book in addition to many of your other books. You've mentioned nonfiction a couple of times here. So I'm curious, with nonfiction, proposals are really important. And do you think that when you're looking at the submission package for what someone's preparing, is it the proposal that you focus on? Are there first pages that you focus on? I have to answer that in one sentence. It's, I kind of set you up for failure with that. <laughs> it was more one I wanted to get in earlier, but it just didn't seem to come in. So It's okay. I couldn't leave the podcast without asking you it, but we also wanted to sneak it in there. So this is going to be more than one sentence. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I'll try to be fast. On the nonfiction side, I personally specialize in helping nonfiction writers with their book proposals. If I'm evaluating Pitch Package, I'm looking at, query for sure, which is the the first thing an agent's going to see. But I'm looking at the elements of the proposal that the agent looks at first, which is, you know, I would look at the overview. I'd look at the table of contents. I'd look at the sample chapters. I would do a spot check on what that proposal is. And I mean, here's just the really sad reality. It is, this is just the honest truth. I have never seen a proposal that didn't need a whole ton of work i get a lot of referrals from agents and it is appalling to me (laughs) what the agents will send me like here's oh i mean i'm not going to name names because it's not fair but there was a instagram influencer tons of followers approached this agent you know great idea was literally one page this proposal. And you can do that if you're an established writer and you've got a contract with a publisher, they might buy your next book on a one page proposal, but you can't do that as a new author. And like my writer's proposals are 80 or hundred pages with yeah. sample chapters and the whole thing. That's so the right agent right. sends me that writer can you help this person develop it.
1: For the next question, I'd love to know what you think are characteristics that determine a good book coach versus an exceptional book coach.
0: I love this question. We have 10 characteristics that we talk about makes a great book coach. And they're everything from the very obvious, like, you have to love books. To the perhaps not so obvious, which is that you have to love project management. You're managing a project through time with accountability and hitting goals and keeping it on track and that kind of mindset, that kind of get it done on time and on budget mindset is really important to being a, a book coach. And the surprising one to a lot of people is the entrepreneurial mindset, which to me is just a growth mindset of. Always thinking about how you're serving your client, thinking about your pricing, your packaging, the market. Are you doing the best that you can for that writer? Are you doing the best you can for your own self? Are you setting good boundaries? All of the questions of being an entrepreneur make for a great book coach. And those are very surprising to, to folks because book coaches are often coming from, I hate to see the world in this way, but it's kind of true. Mm-hmm. Like the humanity side, it's the English majors and the MFAs. We have a lot of professors who come into book coaching. They're not really people who come coming in with like finance backgrounds and MBAs and startup experience. But they tend, the really best book coaches tend to be amazing at this sort of thing and really good entrepreneurial thinkers.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember Gabrielle Pereira of DRI MFA. She told me, if you can do anything, take a business class. You know, she was yeah. always just like started taking business classes. Okay. And question number three, I'd love to know a time where you think writers really struggle in the process and what is a piece of advice that you use to help them get themselves out of that form of resistance, form of, you know, basically on the verge of giving up. When does that usually happen and how do you help them through that? What would you tell them?
0: Oh, so many. There's so many points of frustration for a writer. Writer is really hard. But the thing that we see a lot is what's very typical is that somebody starts writing a book and they get like three chapters into it. Like they're all gung ho and they can see it and they're, they can visualize it. They can do it. They've got these three chapters and then they just keep doing those same chapters over and over again. Maybe it's three chapters, maybe it's five, maybe it's 10, whatever it is. But they get to a certain point and then they don't know what to write next or they don't know where it goes next or they're stuck. They keep taking that work to their friends and, you know, kind of mushing it over again and again. It kind of gets to be writing by committee. And oftentimes they just can't move past those pages. and They give up. And the way that we get people past that is taking them back to those fundamental steps of of the book and really looking at it from a holistic perspective rather than from the perspective of these pages. You know, what are you really trying to do in this story? What is the arc of change that we're going to see? What's the payoff going to be at the end? How are you going to get that protagonist there? If it's fiction, if it's nonfiction, the reader is the one undergoing change. How are you going to get them through this change? If we step back and look at the big picture, it's really a structural problem. People think that it's something else. They think it's motivation or their habits or their Mm -hmm. story's not good or their writing's not good or what have you. But I think it's really a structural issue. So it's stepping back and looking at the structure and getting that structure solid and then Usually once they have that, they can write forward with confidence. That's great. They do think that
1: writers in particular, they hyper-focus on those first chapters. Yeah. Especially since they tend to be what is submitted to agents. Yeah. So are going to look at your query letter in addition to usually first pages these days, and you really need both. But the problem is... That if you don't satisfy expectations for the whole book that you set up in those first pages, that eventually an agent might pass on it anyway, because the whole story has to be representative of those first chapters. So it's like, yes, those first chapters need to be great, but you need to know where it's going as well, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's probably, you probably hear it here. Agents complain all the time. Like the query sounds great. The first chapters are great. Then it falls off a cliff. That's when you get those rejection letters that are just form letters, you know, like just right. because they don't have time to help you fix that. Right. They don't have time to even tell you what's wrong. It's just it's a no. But what's great is that as a book coach, you're helping people work through not only those first
1: pages, but the whole story and all the other things that come with being a writer. Writing is hard. And I love that you are out there helping people through the hard parts. The pain, the suffering, so that they can find the joy, the passion, and the love for all they're doing. Thank you, Jenny. I think that you're putting out amazing work in this world. I'm so grateful that you became a book coach after writing and that you are a full time book coach now and helping others with this. Well, thank you for having me. I loved it. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation on Lit Match. You can learn more about Jenny, Author Accelerator, and the books highlighted in this episode in the show notes. If you liked listening to my conversation with Jenny and would like to hear more episodes, please make sure to pass the show on and write a review. If you have any questions or recommendations for Lit Match, please email me at abigailkateperry at gmail.com and I'll do my best to answer you. In the meantime, keep writing. I genuinely can't wait to hear when you sung the best literary agent for you and celebrate your book when it comes out.